splitting his throat. Good morning to Steve Vines. How are you? Good, good morning. I'm just going to mop up the blood. Oh, that's all right. That, that, that was a really interesting track. Hey, stop it. Don't diss the product. Um, we've got a few local things, funnily enough, to talk about this morning. And if you want to write to Steve, morningbrew at rthk.hk. But interestingly, I want to start off with an email from Mike, who writes from Pattier in Thailand. Ah, yes. Well, I, I happen just to have come back from there, so maybe I can th- throw no light on this whatsoever. Well, it's really interesting because another friend of mine sent me a photo the other day, timed at 9.59pm in a bar, and it was heaving with people. Ah, yes. You, you, the, the point you're making is the curfew that was starting a minute after. That's right. It's, it's like a lot of things in Thailand. How can I put this politely? Not quite Relax. as it sounds. <laughs> well, anyway, let's see what Mike says. <clears throat> He says, we're still suffering from a lack of any TV news or radio here, so we're having to keep up with what is going on using the internet news. During last evening, the Hunter eased the curfew from midnight to 4am, the previous curfew having convinced most of the tourists to leave, like rats deserting a sinking ship. Hopefully this and further relief will bring things back to normal and our economy will not suffer too much. It's clearly a popular coup with the majority of Thais and expatriates as something needed to be done about the political deadlock. I'm convinced that Sutep is responsible for almost killing the Thai economy for his own political ends. As all politicians are considered to be corrupt here, our hope is that the reforms introduced by the Hunter will include the creation of a department similar to the ICAC, a fully independent organisation capable of seeking out and prosecuting corruption. Clearly something, says Mike, which is going to take a long time and huge effort. Well, thanks very much for writing and fill us, filling us in, first of all. Yeah, there's a lot in there. Um, there there's some of which I, I agree with, some of which I don't. But let's start with the point I agree with. I think it is a fact that the coup, uh, as far as one can tell, and I was only in Bangkok, and, you know, the, fact, the mere fact that I was there doesn't mean that I spoke to everybody there, but anyway. <laughs> but you're but a my, reporter. My, my sense of it is that the coup is popular. My other sense of it is that it's a tragic mistake, because if coups were the solution to Thailand's problem, mm. they wouldn't have needed a dozen of them. Yeah. I mean, there's been a dozen of them since the restoration of the constitutional monarchy. So uh, it clearly isn't a solution. This particular coup seems in some ways to be even worse than the last one, which, after all, was only about a decade ago. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because, first of all, the, um, the person leading the coup is, is uh, I have to put this very politely, uh, perhaps not the brightest light bulb in the, in, in, in the lighting shop. Um, he's very loyal to the king, but a lot of people in Thailand are very loyal to the king, so there's nothing exceptional about that. Yeah. Um, he hasn't announced a government, probably for the good reason, that decent people don't want to serve in a military dictatorship. And, you know, you can give it, you can dress it up with all sorts of nice names like Junta, Interim Government. It's, it's a military dictatorship. And, and talented people in public service in Thailand keep away from such things, particularly when you've got a military that says without any hesitation, oh, you know, there's no time limit on how long. They talk vaguely of the fact that they may allow elections at some time in the future. The things that they've done so far have been fairly idiotic. I mean, the curfew was almost purposeless. Mm. They've now extended the hours of it. Well, you know, big deal. I have to say, when I was there, you would need to search out pressure points to, you, you know, I mean, a- areas where there was a bit of bother. Most of the streets were, were a bit 
less crowded than usual, certainly less crowded with tourists. But there were areas around the Victory Monument, for example, where there were demonstrations. They were very tiny. So it's probably true to say that people were getting fed up with the political wrangling, with the fact that you've got these two ridiculous factions, red shirts and yellow shirts, that have been out on the streets battling each other. Of course, the geniuses in Hong Kong say, ah, you see, this proves democracy does... does, just doesn't... (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God, it's a terrible thing. What's actually happening in in, in Thailand is is an old elite is in very intense battle with an up-and-coming new elite, much of it based in the north of the country, um, for power. And they've enlisted a lot of people on the streets to help them in this process. That battle is not being resolved Mm. and the idea that somehow a dumb military is going to resolve it and mike seems to be very confident they will do it and he also says and you i'm sorry but you've got to laugh the idea that the military is going to bring in a hong kong style independent corruption independent commission against corruption you can but hope well he can but hope because he lives there you may know something about the military in thailand and Mm, is there corruption in the Thai military? Mm, I don't well, know. I don't know if it's just the military. Uh, I was, it's not just the military, <laughs> but the military does seem to be particularly prone to it. I remember years ago somebody said to me, if you're driving around Bangkok, always have a 100 baht note clipped on your windsill in case a cop pulls you over. Yes, well, that, that's <laughs> very true. And, um, you know, the Thai military is a very odd beast. It has more generals than most people yeah. have had hot cups of tea. Why does it have more generals than most people... Uh, have hot cups of tea. One of the reasons is that that is a position for many which is paid for rather than earned. So you can pay to become a general in Thailand. So I think the idea that the military dictatorship will be the, the main force cracking down on corruption is about as likely as the idea that um, C.Y. Lone is going to be a popular chief executive of Hong Kong. He's not to give a local example. I'll tell you what, Mike, if you're still listening to us, if you haven't got bored and switched yes. off, no, you're not in Bangkok, you're in Pattaya, so let us know what the vibe is in general there, because we don't hear about the other places, do we? It's no, only, it's I mean, only a couple we, of we, hours away, I it, know it, that. It, it is only a couple of hours away. What we do hear a bit about, I'll just, just say this even though I wasn't there, was we do hear a bit about the north of the country, because that's the um, Shinawat, the, the red shirt stronghold. Yeah. And apparently there has been quite a bit of uh, argy-bargy in places like Chiang Mai, but... As he says in that email, the media is now censored in in Bangkok, although strangely the newspapers aren't, although journalists have been threatened. It's all not good. Yeah. The television stations, the only the only news you can get from the TV and radio is from the military themselves. Mm-hmm. So people instantly turn to the to web to find it's, out it's what's going solemn on. It's music time, isn't it? Or martial well, music. Well, they they've moved from martial music to cartoons. There's a lot of cartoons <laughs> on. <laughs> So if you're keen on cartoons, boy, get get yourself over to Thailand, toot de sweet. I'll tell you what, let's do a seamless segue into Hong Kong here, because I note in the news from a couple of days ago, all tours from Hong Kong to Thailand and Vietnam from May 31st, June 9th, have been cancelled because of the instability of the two countries. Well, th- thank you, whoever decided to do that. That must be the people with their famous red alerts, black alerts and black warnings. First of all it means that when you're travelling to Thailand now the airport's a lot less crowded. No kidding and the hotel so prices won't be hotel so Hotel prices the are going down so all good. All I can say is um, literally I saw other than at the protest centres I saw one 
uh, roadblock, which was on the road out from the airport. Yeah. But it wasn't actually stopping any vehicles. There was just a lot of military kit and, and, and vehicles hanging around on the highway. So... All I can say is that if you are planning a holiday to Bangkok, I can't speak for the rest of the country. (laughs) Go now. Prices are low. It's less crowded. And um, the idiots who run the travel advisory service, which, of course, in Hong Kong has become so politicised. Well, no kidding. I mean, you know. And, And a denial followed that. It wasn't political. It wasn't political. That that must be why there's no travel warning um, about any place on, on the Chinese mainland, despite the fact that in China itself, Gosh. stabbing tourists knifings. are staying away from from Xinjiang in droves because they're worried about terrorist attacks. Um, in Hong Kong, apparently, you can't give a travel warning about any place in on the Chinese mainland. That's not political. That's to do with. Uh, um, Oh well, politics actually, but uh, let's, let's, not, let's not mention that. You know, you can you can warn people not to go to the Philippines until they paid the money. I mean, this is just, you know, these people in the government who talk about the opposition politicising yeah. everything. If if you can't even have a politically neutral travel warning system, I don't know. You know. I don't know where this level of politicisation is going to end. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, though, it does remind me completely randomly of something that seems to be doing the rounds at the moment, talking here of people whose tours have been cancelled. I'm sure some of them have been paid for already. You know, this stuff, all the Brits, expatriate Brits across the world, are getting really up in arms about this massive cock-up with the passport renewal thing. Ah, but this is, this is a marvellous example of, of government genius. You used to have a system, and if, if, if people who aren't British um, are bored by this, I apologise. Yeah, 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 it's just that very this, is, quickly. this is, this is but bureaucracy gone marvellous, marvellous. What you used to have a system was, you lived in, in somewhere really strange and bizarre like Hong Kong. Yeah. You went along to the consulate, the consulate then issued you with a passport. Done. Very simple, they had people on the premises, they had a stock of passports and it was all done. It was then decided for reasons of efficiency <laughs> and economy and the new dread word that we always have when they can't really think of anything else to say security to con- stability that's another one <laughs> well this was security they were going to concentrate all passport issuance in in the fair city of liverpool and therefore oh that's right therefore it doesn't quite work so now instead of being able to get a passport renewed and this applies also to B&O holders who, who, yeah, who no need kidding. this as a travel document. Um, you, you send it off to, to Britain, and in the case of, in fact, a mutual friend of ours, it then gets lost oh, no. in the post, um, or it comes back after four weeks, six weeks, apparently in they, some cases, months. three months. Yeah. So, I mean, this is just bonkers. This is so bonkers. And what has it achieved? I'm sure jobs have been created in Liverpool, and I'm delighted for Liverpudlians. I think that's a wonderful thing. But the purpose of passports, if I can just remind whoever it is who, who, who's responsible for this, is to, is to facilitate the convenience of travel. So instead of doing that, they put up a whacking great barrier. And you can just see the meeting at which this was decided. Well, Minister, I think that, you know, there's great savings to be made by uh, concentrating all this. We've got chaps all over the world. I mean, some of whom one does, just doesn't know they're locals, you know. They're issuing passports. It's just, you know, I mean, frankly, we should have it all in Britain. It will work much, much better. Oh, it's monumental, though, isn't it? It's just ridiculous. Good I, old social media. I, I remember bananas. once I was, I was stuck in the Philippines and... Um, 
I had um, I had to get my passport issued at very short notice. Yeah. So I, I went to the embassy, and this bloke says, "Oh, I really don't think I can." Oh dear, it's really <laughs> difficult. It's going to take four hours, you know. <laughs> so I said, "Oh, I think I, I can, can live with that. I that bring will, I, that will be all right." I bring this up for a reason, not just because it's going bananas on social media. I think they underestimated how many Brits don't live in Britain. But secondly, because Steve is always having a pop <coughs> at the local government, but it's worthwhile yeah, realizing bu- that bureaucrats <laughs> are bad everywhere. <laughs> Let's let's be completely fair about this. They're basically saying three or four months now. Do it way yeah. in advance well, if you, you want to you get know, your know, I mean, let, let's be universal. I mean, you look at the very, in my view, very good attempts that President Obama made to create a, 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 something not the same as Britain's national health system, but at least comprehensive national health care. And that was entirely undermined by the bureaucracy who just couldn't get it up at the moment that they needed to. Mm-hmm. So, you know... Um, it, 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 to be fair, it's not just Hong Kong that has poor no, that's, bureaucrats. That's I think we should the Brits, be entirely... The Brits have Brits, got a very colourful history. Yeah, yeah. But this passport thing is a marvellous example of why centralisation is almost never a great idea. All right, then. Well, before we go for our break, I've got a couple of emails here. Let's see. Mike writes back. He said, as you mentioned, it's very quiet around here, Patia, due to the tourists leaving and several restaurants have closed. They would normally do this during the low season, but it would appear that these have closed for good. There are no red or yellow shirts around the streets here. Uh, Life goes on as normal. I picked my wife up from the airport the other day, saw only two soldiers on the approach road, none in the terminal. Uh, He says, I got my passport renewed in Liverpool in four days last year, only because I was visiting the UK. That's the key thing, by the way. Thanks for all that, Mike. You're a star. But if you're there, I think it's because you're the other side of the world, in in the Orient. Yes, I don't think people should be given passports if they're going to live overseas. I think that's simple. How dare they? Let's go to an email from Bowen. Let's see what he says. He said, I quite agree with Steve that coups are not the solution, not the solution to a supposedly democratic regime anyway. In Hong Kong, the equivalent of trying to solve problems through coups is to implement democracy with, quote, Chinese characteristics, in the words of Steve in his piece in the current issue of Next magazine. Yes, yes. I... You write... You, you... Two-timing me. I, I, I tell you, I tell you, I'm very, I'm very promiscuous. <laughs> You tart. Right, he said people just do not understand what's needed in a democratic system, which is that it must be allowed to work by its own dynamics. No clandestine, maybe not so clandestine efforts to determine the outcome of democratic elections through screening. No coups, period. He brings up a good point. It seems like the Thai people want it and they want it now. Whatever well, it is. I, I think they were getting very... Um, I can't use that word, very fed up with, um, with, with, with the political stalemate. And, and superficially, you know, it seemed like a good idea. And indeed, the, 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 the junta has cleared the streets of demonstrations. and what, Well, it hasn't actually entirely, but it's mainly cleared the streets of demonstrations. Right. But, you know, that's, that's a very small thing compared to the bigger problem. Door. They're the gorillas on Radio 3 and rocked the house. That's exactly what we're doing for a Thursday morning with Steve Vines, ain't it? Ain't it just. We've got some goodies to get onto in a minute, but first up, uh, Douglas got in touch. Completely different topic. He's talking about Snowden. You heard John Kerry going, a patriot would man up, etc. So Douglas says, if... I know, isn't it? Douglas says, if Snowden is in fact a trained spy, does his whistleblowing antics now look more like treason rather than a selfless actions of a low-level technician? I think, in good, fact, good question, he, he, yeah. it is a good question. Uh, um, I, I, I'm sure Douglas or somebody else can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, in fact, he's already being charged with treason. So, 
I don't know if you can be double charged with it. <laughs> well, this is a new <laughs> because one, he isn't did it? he did access. Um, obviously, I mean, this is the, the whole point of what he did. He did access um, information from the security services. Yeah. So if you disseminate that, 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 I think it's not that difficult to make a case of treason against him. And if one, if a person who's just a few steps up from an intern can access that, yes, that, that, that well, they've he, got he, other problems. But he, he, of course, <laughs> I mean, what I like about Snowden, uh, um, I don't know if that's the right word, but what I find interesting about Snowden is the purpose, we're, we're talking about an interview he gave to NBC the other night, and, and one of his main gripes against the US government was that they were trying to make him out to be a too junior person in the hierarchy. He's going, no, 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 I wasn't just a sort of number cruncher. I was, in fact, a, a secret agent, you know. Chuck um, Barris. Yeah, you know, <laughs> excuse me, uh, this is a status matter. I do want this made very clear. Yeah, remember that one, Chuck Barris. He was the presenter of the good old gong show. And there was a fabulous <laughs> film, wasn't there, that people said, I'm sure, that it's a load of nonsense. But what did you reckon about that? I don't know. You don't know this? Oh, it was fantastic. It's the double life of this famous television presenter of this really cheesy B-grade show in the 70s. Became cult viewing. Right. And he wrote a a whole book about uh, his double life as a spy. Oh, right. Anyway, let's move on to the Emperor's New Arts Hub. Yes, the Emperor's New Arts Hub is is a fascinating subject. Um, uh, I don't know whether you've noticed, but... Oh, that's right. It hasn't been built. It's been talked about quite a lot. Um, there's lots of people rushing around. Um, so far, they've they've allocated, and you know, this is nothing to you and me because it's other <laughs> folks' money. But they've allocated twenty one point six billion dollars to build the biggest arts hub. Blah blah blah. Oh, but did we did we forget to mention? As Carrie Lamb has only mentioned yesterday. Oh, when we said that was the sum total. Uh, what we meant was that was a sum total for phases one and two. Phase three, oh, well, that's another matter. The John Cage together. building. <laughs> well, the, the, you know, the, the fur-lined, um, etc. Um, so that will be more money. Oh, and did we also mention that in the meantime, there's been a few... They're not cock-ups because they're, 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 they're administrative errors or they're um, unforeseen circumstances, probably for security reasons. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and we need another $300 million. $300 million. I mean, you know... Chump change. It's nothing. It's <laughs> nothing, honestly. And and guess what? The taxpayer's going to foot the bill, so it's certainly nothing whatsoever. Let's just refer to our news story about this one to bring people up to speed. So basically, say, the West Kowloon Arts Hub will have to apply for extra funding to construct phase three of the massive project. This was revealed by the Chief Secretary, Carrie Lamb, who's chairwoman of the Cultural District Authority Board. Yes, and Chief Secretary, so no conflict of interest there. <laughs> she can cock up both jobs I'm genuinely asking you. Yes, it, I know. Well, I mean, uh, the, the, the idea that you put a senior official in charge of one of these things isn't, isn't so terrible. But if you want oversight, which is independent, and you want accountability then maybe you would have somebody else doing that. But, of course, accountability doesn't exist in the accountability system that Hong Kong has. It's a unique system where you have an accountability system in which nobody is accountable. All right, then. I think that's good. I I like that. That's the way it is. She acknowledged that the 21.6 approved in 2008 would only cover the construction of the first two phases, but they, you know, it always... That wasn't what we were told at the time. You (laughs) see, what we were told at the time was, um, let's all... Because the wonderful thing about Hong Kong, his memories are, are sometimes stretched as long as two weeks. Yep. What we were told at the time was they needed all this dosh because the only way, the only way to make a really fabulous 
arts complex or hub as it's called or tub as i call it um was you had to have loads and loads of stuff all Shiny in one things. place and that was going to cost almost 22 billion dollars think about that that's actually quite a lot of money I think so. even, even for me it's quite a lot of money so um but now they're saying Wait a minute, wait a minute. When we said $22 billion, we meant oh, that's the sort of... Oh, that's the upfront payment. There's actually going to be more. So one of two things will happen. The most likely will happen is that there won't be funding for the third phase. It sim- simply won't happen. Or there will be funding... This, I think, is quite unlikely, but there will be funding for the third phase, and it, and it will bring the sum total up to some completely bonkers sum of money. Yep. So what we'll be left with is something that isn't quite a hub, but is a little collection. of There'll be a museum, there'll be the opera, Chinese Opera Centre, um, there'll be the Li Ka-shing Gallery for Li Ka-shing, and the Chen Yu-chung Gallery no, the Li Ka-shing Car Park. The Li Ka-shing <laughs> Car Park, and, and all the big knobs will have their names on various bits and pieces of the building. But the fact of the matter is that what we were told was absolutely desperately needed was to bring all culture into one place. Already a bonkers, completely stark, raving bonkers idea. So you don't but like that idea? Then? I don't like that right. idea, but I, you forced me to say that. All right. Um, so, you, so you'll have a sort of semi-hub or tub, and you'll, you'll sort of have other things, and it will be the same old mess, except for we'll all be 22 billion bucks well, short well, here's of the, what I, we were before. I, the idea, the idea of this... The whole vanity of this concept is so extraordinary that you have to put everything in one place. I mean, what's wrong with having a perfectly decent concert hall in Sha Tin, another one in Kwai Chung? I'm talking about existing facilities, incidentally, yeah, yeah. and perhaps making them better. I quite like going to concerts in, in the old city hall. I find it perfectly adequate for the purpose. Yeah, But, you know, but it's not in a hub, so... I've, I've apparently got that all wrong. Well, the thing I that shouldn't I, like it at all. In fact, I don't. I don't. I don't no, like you're it lying. anymore. The, th- the thing that obviously the skeptics are talking about is uh, residential stuff, shopping malls stuff. I don't know, but that's what people are talking about. Shopping malls? What's wrong with that? Yeah, exactly. We need more of them. We haven't got enough. Selling baby powder and gold jewelry. Um, what about Prada? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> the last paragraph of this is the interesting one. So she also said there'd be delaying constructing parts of the phase uh, two that will be built on top of the future West Kowloon. Term- Terminus of the Hong Kong Guangzhou Express Rail Link. Uh, this yes, follows an- another, recent, yeah. another pile of what's it project. <laughs> it follows a recent announcement that the railway will be completed two years later than scheduled. P.S. Blame those blokes filibustering in Legco. That uh, seems to be the flavour of the month, doesn't it? Blame yeah. Lone Kwok Hong. Yeah, I think he's responsible for everything. He is. Actually. Absolutely. He's a terrible person and he's got long hair. But as we always talk about, yeah, he can never get a haircut. Can <laughs> he he cannot get a haircut. Um, Tell you, put my barber out of business. As we always say when we mention this topic, what's happening there now is actually really good. There's some fabulous well, you're o- talking, organic stuff you're, you're talking about what's happening on the side. On the space, that yeah. That costs practically nothing. There's some wicked stuff, it's, though. It's, this is the whole point. I mean, you know, you've got really interesting um, pieces of art going on in um, in Fortan, you know, the, the old sort of factory and, and warehouse district. But, of course, it's not a hub, so we don't need to recognise it. You've got little projects, and I'm not, being, I'm not being pejorative about this because they're smaller scale, like the art walk that takes place around Central and its environs. I mean, it costs 
a a tiny, tiny proportion (laughs) of the sort of sums of money that are being here. And it brings a lot of people a lot of pressure. It brings smaller galleries uh, an opportunity to show off their wares. It it gives an opportunity for struggling artists who, who, you know, probably wouldn't be seen otherwise to suddenly be seen. And it's fun. Perish the thought. Yeah, well, don't tell too many people about that because there may be a way of stopping it if people really are enjoying it yeah but my point is this is that instead of saying you know as my mate Mao Zedong used to say you know let let a thousand flowers bloom or whatever it was he said um it's let one big flower bloom and uh, make sure that we put so much fertilizer in the ground that it will cost an absolute packet it's it you know there is no example i can think of anywhere in the world Mm -hmm. where this actually works so why would it work here? Well, I'll tell you what. Just a, a little PS here from Douglas again. He said uh, he was talking about Snowden. He said he was charged with espionage, not treason. Wink. All right. Anyway, he said, can't they just leave the West Kowloon place as it is, a park with some cultural bits and pieces like Central Park in New York? Oh, Douglas. Don't be silly. Don't be silly. That wouldn't cost enough. Oh, go away. Go away. That's, that's far too cheap. You mean, what, have a green space a with a bit of entertainment? fabulous, though, wouldn't it? Well, you know... Like a real a, a, one. Like where you can sit on the grass one. without yeah. some geezer with and, a flat And indeed, move. as he says, you know, have some events. I mean, you know, concerts, concerts in the park. I mean, pretty nice. They have concerts in the park. In, in other places, and do you know what? They work quite well. I know, I know there's a health and safety issue. Cool, that's a And that's idea. what I'm very worried about, because if, you know, if people sit on the grass and they Isn't get wet, crazy? Wouldn't, that be a, wouldn't that be a big health and safety issue? I think so. Yeah, I mean, surely, can we discuss this a bit more? Would, oh, that's right. What about if they got mud in their fingernails? That would be pretty bad. Yes, that would be the end Gosh. of the world. But tell Gosh. you what, though, everybody's got some ideas. So instead of being negative, be positive. What The idea, so you've mentioned the gallery. That looks like it's got legs. The Chinese theatre. Uh, and then you've got your park. It'd be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, let, 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 let them build one really nice museum there. What's what about one that? of those bowls, like the Hollywood Bowl? Yeah, thing? So why you can not? Do... And, but, but think of using it looks that like space. Of course, the problem with it is... It's on the harbour side, so that might add to people's enjoyment. So, you know, we could try and do the, the fabulous visionaries who built the original cultural centre without windows so that you couldn't look out on the harbour. I think whoever built that, if, the, if that person isn't now being hung out and drawn and quartered, I want to know why. Yeah, um, that is a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> it, is, it is more than just a bit weird. I bet that was a feng shui bloke. Um, who knows who it was? It was an idiot. Um, let's let's not bother. Mind with you, the looking details. at the water is supposed to be good feng shui, isn't it? it? Yes, yes, I've been told that. Um, apparently, that is so. Yeah, but not not if it's the world's uh, one of the world's great harbors. You must block out that. Yeah, forget so, about it. But no, but all I'm saying is, think of what could be done with these sort of sums of money. Instead of throwing it all at these vanity projects, chop it up parcel it out if you must do i mean i don't even think you need to spend a fraction of this to encourage culture in hong kong or the arts in hong kong there's first of all there's quite a lot of it and you know uh, oh you you know what Uh, this is a really out of what's it idea go on but maybe you could spend some of it on actually the artists maybe the performers you know the people who do it rather than the buildings no, no, that that's a silly idea. Let's I tell scrap you, I, that. I like it's the park idea. That's the park cracking. idea is pretty good. Really but as good I say, idea. you know, why not? Why not? And it's a fraction of that cost. Yeah. Instead of putting everything into infrastructure, what about content? You know, is it 
I think, for example, money spent on the Hong Kong Philharmonic is money extremely well spent. Yeah. It's becoming a very, very good orchestra. Um, ballet needs a home. Ballet needs a home, but, you know, uh, maybe encouraging more kids to learn to play music. Is that... I mean, this? these are the sort of things which, to me, are the real heart of the arts. Not bigger and better buildings with no windows onto the harbour. It's... Honestly, the more you hear about this, the more daft it is. And you know the project's going to overrun in cost and overrun in time. And then we'll hear, and you heard it here last because everybody's been saying this, that every one of these institutions, there's going to be a cock-up with it. There will be, you know, the Chinese opera thing. They'll suddenly find that the person who was doing whatever it is they're doing there hasn't actually got a troupe to perform there. So they're using the, you know, the, the I don't know, the Chongqing number three opera company to come down and do it. it, it you just know all these things are going to happen. And you heard it here last. Yes. Do you think that CY really was hinting that something would be done to decrease the flow of mainland tourists. Well... I didn't get that impression, but everybody else seems to. Well, I, that, that's a very interesting one, because I think you need to look at the wider problem that he has, which is that he's so unpopular now, that he's got to... He thinks, and actually he's not wrong, he's got to pull something out of the bag to try and turn it around. Now, he's noticed because even his officials can't stop him from noticing the obvious, that there's a lot of discontent about the high lump level of mainland visitors. So he suddenly airily says, oh, right, well, we'll, we'll, oh, I'll tell you what, we'll reduce that by 20%. Of course, that was day one. Day two was, oh, when I said 20%, <laughs> what I meant was we need to discuss this rationally. Pragmatically. I pragmatically. Oh, sorry, pragmatically. Yes, act now. Uh, but um, but I, 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 you know, I, I think the more people think about that, they just realise, number one, Hong Kong doesn't control its own immigration. It's all done from the other side of the border. And number two, um, boy, this problem ain't solvable.